0: And we're gonna go right to that question again, Billy. I'm gonna ask it once again. Oh, so oh. You, get, you get like this. So you find out from the record label. or we'll recap real quick. What's with this soul shit? Right. right. You get drop, drop like a friggin' like, like, a, like call it. Like a thing drops to the floor, bang. From that point, what happens? Back on unemployment
1: benefit. Back to being depressed. And and back in the studio doing my own demos. That's all I could do at the time. Back
0: to unemployment. So you had no shows, no more. No. Nope. No club date shows. No. Nope. <laughs> Nothing at all. The phone stopped ringing completely. Zero. How long did that take for that Two time? Two
1: years until... I was signed no, no wait I can't remember I just took my time doing demos um, or wrote all kinds of songs that later ended up on the Deadline album um, so I just sort of, sort of took my time and um, Your Loving Arms was was one of the songs yeah um, <laughs> And it got rejected. <laughs> but, so I shopped it around. It got rejected by every record company. What um, was the
0: rejections you got? What were they saying?
1: Just no. <laughs> you know? Not feeling it. Just just, no. I also went to New York at one point. Um you so did. I can't I can't remember if it was my first time in New York at um or, or the second time, but I, I shopped, you know, I went to some major record companies and um and nope. <laughs> they didn't want it either uh no uk company wanted it and um so i did some more demos and then uh, eventually um it took it took quite a, it took another couple of years and i um did a showcase gig at the jazz cafe just with the demos really and and i was literally signed the next day
0: but it took it took took a few years so, how did you get the jazz cafe gig, and what was the story behind that? Get- I
1: just did it. I just called them up, you know, said, and and the the, the guy who, who does the booking there, um, he uh, he's doing it again these days. I think. Um,
0: he just called- said, yeah. He just said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on down. We need you again. We need you. Yeah,
1: again. and I just hired a bunch of uh,
0: a few musicians. Um oh, so think. you did a live. Okay, so basically what you did was you put this together as a live set with you singing with a full yeah,
1: backing tracks too. So I always do like a combo, you know. So there were some backing tracks and then some people played as well. Um and so yeah, and then got got a record deal. Um Who signed you. Um Magnet, which was Warner.
0: Subsider, a smaller version of one of the offshoot labels, right? One of the, the labels, yeah, at same
1: same building and everything, so they, they have like their that,
0: Did they realize when they signed you that you were the person behind Electric like 101? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And because I had approached them before with my demos, and I I think he wasn't sure or whatever, and then he came down to the show. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Okay, Mm. so So what happens now? You get signed?
1: Get signed. Um, We discussed which song would be the single, and I said, well, I have a feeling your loving arms would be great. And he said, okay. And then we hired the grid to...
0: I remember the grid. Oh, wow.
1: You know, to polish. The production on the demo was already pretty much that, you know, because I was really into my... You know, I mean it's quite a quite a commercial sound really and I, but I was into that at the time. I just wanted to have some fun, you know, with with for a change and do something that was accessible. I just felt like it. I was I was enjoying all these all these hits that were on 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 the chart show each week and I was just loving all that stuff and um So, you know, and The Grid had no problem with doing something that was just slightly more commercial, you know. Um, And then Radio 1 didn't pick up the song. And the A&R guy almost had a nervous breakdown. And I signed with manager Tony Gordon, who managed... Uh, culture club boy george and a lot of huge artists you know and we were kind of like oh dear you know this is not <laughs> this is not good and um one day i had a phone call from the manager saying you know something's just happened that's going to happen one time in your whole career because that's what happened to boy george and he said um we've got like 160,000 pre-orders for your loving arms and the record company now has to re-release it. And then it went in straight at number eight, I think. And, um, radio one had
0: to pick it up. Yeah. You have no choice at that point. Right. It's too big for them Because it's in the top 20 chart.
1: Right. So that, and my manager said, remember this moment, cause it's going to happen. It, it never happens twice to people, you know, and I was like, okay. Um, so I was really, really, really happy. Um, and then of course, what I didn't realize is, um, in New York, WKD was just starting, which is uh, for those that are, who are not familiar with it, it's a dance music station. The first one, there wasn't one before. <laughs> and they did a, a survey on the streets saying, which are the 10 most popular dance records and i remember number 1 being donna summer and your loving arms was in those top
0: 10 and why so, was why was it in the top 10 what mixes who was what behind it it was junior vasquez's mix i think a so she was yeah part of junior's backing he was a hot remixer at that mm-hmm. time and he Personally. was and sound factory was his club
1: yeah um, and he and and uh I mean in New York, they were listening to the original mix too but and i be, i even think although I'm not sure that's the one w k d played w k d one
0: but I'm not sure which one they played um they would have been playing Junior's version at that time. Oh, you think? It yep. Yeah. it was radio edit, I remember. And the song,
1: the song became so huge in New York, Miami, and then everywhere else. And, and I had no idea because you know, I wasn't it wasn't until I performed at Junior's club.
0: Junior was already playing this for a while at his mm-hmm. club. Right. You know, I was playing Roger Sanchez's version. We oh, had- okay versions i remember roger sanchez did a fabulous mix of it yeah it yeah fun. yeah it's a sound that i was playing but yeah. june's version was more of what we call the circuit right a happy music uh-huh. mm. and brought her to perform that's with Electro 101 well. yeah, i know but let her just show <laughs> i don't have pictures of her sound factory but she's performing Mm. You know, all these records mm. at Junior's Club and Sound Factory. And now KTU, of course, that time they were all over Junior Sound. Right. So, so given that that record would have went right up the charts. It
1: was amazing. Like, um, because when I went to New York, every I mean, this is the stuff you were talking about before. So now I'm realizing. I've got something going on, you know, because literally out of every shop window, out of every apartment window, the song could be heard in the whole of New York, in Miami, every, I mean, it was mental. And I just realized I had something going on, you know, and when I went to Miami to performing there in the gay clubs, oh my God, it was just, they I've never seen be- they I've you, when you never seen crazy. anything like it, you know.
0: It crazy, didn't they? They went crazy. Me, it right?
1: was amazing, you know, and I was really, really thrilled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Sound Factory, you know, and I performed, when I performed there, um, the reaction. I had no clue. I was, I was literally woken up at five in the morning in the hotel, you know, go down to the club. You're singing at junior's club, you know, and I'm showing up and I'm coming out and singing the first, or not even singing the first notes, just the music starts and this club erupts. I'll never forget it.
0: You'll never forget that as long as you live. Right. Never. It was like, Oh my
1: God. And I, I kind of turned around, like, is this, are they, you know, is this me
0: that, you know, doing
1: this for? Whoa, that was crazy. Well, so let's everybody
0: give a recap. The Pesh Mode, on 101, she's getting tomatoes. <laughs> 10, 12 years later, she's now being graced as royalty. Finally, right? <laughs> for a short while. For a short while. Home in her life, she gets that feeling of being queen. Of the disco. Mm -hmm.
1: And her life
0: changes once again. It
1: certainly did. I enjoyed that. That I really wholeheartedly enjoyed that whole thing,
0: you know. Yeah. Of the nightclubs. (laughs) It's very difficult to have a song Mm. that becomes an anthem like Mm. that. That record was an anthem for Mm. people. And today's a classic for us, of course, but at that time
1: and, and you know how it is in New York when when you when you have a, a hit record, people know you. They make it their business to know to know you and know your name, which isn't so much like that in Europe. But I enjoyed being treated really well everywhere I went. It was just one of those really joyful times, you know. And it wasn't an ego thing or anything because I don't suffer from that. But I just enjoyed going, you know, going places and people saying, oh, it's you. We love we love what you do. You know, it was really, really nice.
0: Take us on the trip. So how long do you keep traveling off the record? How long does this, this success?
1: Uh, take? Oh, a long time. I moved to New York.
0: You did live in New York.
1: I lived in New York for a year and a half. I moved there in 1998. Okay. Or 97. I can't remember. Anyway. (laughs) And just sort of wanted to see if, you know, what I can get going there. But I think I'm too weird for America, you know. Why do you say that? (laughs) Because they didn't know what to do with me. They're like... You know, in you know what it's like in America. You're not Celine Dion, and you're not the prodigy. So that we get that, and we get that. Anything in between, if there's no mar- if there's no market for it, they don't get it.
0: It's a every- light years behind everywhere so else. Let's, you know? still, let's everybody understand. If you were trying to put yourself, if let's, I'm going to use a blatant statement. If you were like a Barbie doll, like when we all know what Barbie doll looks like, you know, it's the Barbie playhouse and, and you're selling your image to a record label. How do you explain that? What, what, when you say I'm too weird, what does that mean exactly? That, that, that
1: I don't look, or sound like Celine Dion and I don't sound like some underground punk thing. I'm somewhere in between. So you know you know sit, you don't and, in and in between doesn't work in America you know it, it has to be
0: black or it's over. all compa- it's black. all com- com- compartmentalized no so basically there's no gray area no mm. in between
1: yeah so they they're like you know and I did have some really good songs to follow up as well uh, cuz I was really good friends with my publisher in New York you know from Warner Warner Music um he was really champion championing me and he was really proud of the, the 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 songs that I had, you know, um, to follow follow it up with, but they didn't get signed. I think I, I was just too, I don't know, too European. Does is that a thing?
0: Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. Well, because you know David Bowie worked. There was some different mm-hmm. types of acts that worked in America. Yeah, but don't forget
1: David Bowie worked when he when he sang Let's Dance, you know. Yeah, but let's not forget so, It's a really universal thing, yes, you know. Let's dance, everyone understands it, you know what I mean? And and it was Nile Rogers production and you know what I mean? So it was like something that was working for America. Um, and then Yeah, so I went back <laughs> back, to back to Europe. Back to New York. <laughs> yeah, but I I enjoyed myself in New York anyway, but um I just couldn't, I just didn't feel I just didn't feel culturally it was right for me and I was right for it, you know, whatever it was. So, so I went back to to um, to Hamburg and then I, re- I moved to Hamburg for a little while because I just sort of needed to get away from it all and be somewhere different. Nice. And then I met someone, um, who financed my album 18 carat garbage. So I I started recording pretty much straight away in Hamburg. Well, I didn't record it in Hamburg. I recorded it with all sorts of people in Hamburg, London, in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So, um, so that was great. You know, that get picked up by magnet as well, or that? No, no, no. I was long dropped by then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: See, you got that part wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so we got the soul version of, of Electra. What did they tell you this time? Too weird.
1: Uh, they said, because um, I, I had the demos for 18 uh, karat garbage. Um, they were,
0: they, were, they, were,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they oh. were demos with a little drum machine, you know, and they were cute, but they were very like soul music type of things, you know, and they said, no, no, no. We want you to make a disco record and we it, we want you to do a disco um, record and it'll be some cover version. And I said, oh, that's not going to happen. Bye. <laughs> so off I went. And um, so I guess they were quite happy that I said, no, um, they could let me go. <laughs> and so then I've been, I've been a free agent ever since, you know, which is great actually.
0: Okay. And you have been sustaining yourself, thankfully, through it all. With the ever yeah. ch- changings of this music, and the, and as well as the technologies changed, because you've been part of our vinyl cassette mm-hmm. TV generation, that has mm-hmm. had to accept the fact that your music is now being streamed. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that, um, when it first
1: when Spotify appeared on the scene. Nobody knew what it was and why their music was on it. Even labels didn't know because what happened was distributors were just delivering it to Spotify. And so then the labels went, Oh, what is it? Why is it there? You know, let's, let's check with our distributor. So I did the same, uh, you know, I, I asked my distributors and I said, what, what, you know, what the hell take it. So right. like, like many people, um, Like many people at that time, I had it all taken down because it wasn't clear to people at that point. What does it pay? What is it? You know? And then, of course, we learned that, well, it kind of doesn't pay very much and and it actually pays peanuts. And and I was quite verbal, actually, against the whole thing. Um, And I was invited to speak at some major music conferences where I was sort of the the anti-Spotify person on these panels with all these big, big cheeses, you know presidents of record companies and stuff and i would tell them like like, look you know you, you you better work on that business model of yours because we're not happy you know um and i think where we stand at the moment is that everyone has to make a decision as to whether you um take what's available or you you totally opt out you know and as it stands now the sheer fact remains that If you have a lot of streams, it does add up, you do get paid. You know, if you're not happy with it and you want to opt out completely, that's a decision. But in my case, I've, you know, I know a lot about how how it works, like who who owns the shares, who benefits, you know, who rakes in most of the money. Why aren't we getting more? You know, and I think this is some something that everybody should know about before they comment on social media about because they don't understand how it works. And um, so right now, for, for me personally, I, I take what's available and I make the most of it and I do get paid. And uh, whether there'll be a day where they pay more is, is unclear right now. Because as long as the three majors sit on, on 70% of, of the, the money, plus they're the major shareholders, it, Spotify does not have more money to pay out. So while there is no money available to pay out, they can't pay it out. Right which probably they don't lose sleep over because they're bloody pirates anyway, you know, but. Shareholders have most of that music cataloged. They have the catalogs. They have the, the, the major, their major shareholders, the conditions of, of pay per stream that they get is much better um, than the little guys are getting. Um, plus they make Spotify pay them about 70% of all revenue. On top of all that other stuff, on top of the shares and on top of everything else. You so go. you know, because they're saying it's our catalogue, you know, and unless you pay us all this money, we'll shut you down. So they're all in bed with each other, you know, and it's it's not good, but um but it does add up, it does pay. I think it's a good thing to be on there. I agree. Now that we know how it works and how, you know, we can use it. and But and, you were running around uh,
0: a panel screaming, everybody, take your music down. It's I at evil. Time. I did at the time. I, there was a, yeah. So. Okay. I know. So did I. Mm-hmm. I remember having these conversations years ago saying, I hate Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't like them, but. Uh, <laughs> you know. mm. So it's, now this circles us back to today. Uh, what and now this circles in the circle of life oh. all the way around town now we're back yeah to- yeah yeah, yeah. we like this click 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 <laughs> now so we're talking about on the side notes everyone she wants me to make sure that we mentioned about the new album that's been. Oh great. my God! We must
1: because let's people about, this, are so. No, this is. What, that's the, This is coming out this Friday.
0: Mm-hmm, let's talk about
1: this that is the, the unreleased Frankie Knuckles mixes of hey, heading. Yeah, head, of uh, heading for the night by Electrique One and and then later this year the unreleased album comes out, which is amazing. Make? Yeah, they where, the
0: song's been? where have they been sitting? In
1: my drawer. Wait, <laughs> 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 <Literally. laughs> not, wait, not in a vault, not sitting in a bag. No, in my drawer. They've <laughs> been in a drawer. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. So and a lot of work had to be done, you know, to get it all sounding.
0: Can you tell us what was the process? How long did it take to get this together? From when you thought about putting this stuff back out, getting the band members, all that. Give us the inside scoop. You mean that like f- this this re release now? When you pulled it from yeah the, it from the from the from the the drawer to now. Uh-huh. What's um, it?
1: Well, at first. Uh, uh, somebody who started out as a fan of of the group helped me restore the audio because there were some little bits, you know, like level fluctuations from from old dots and stuff. So I I had a lot of dots And um, so there was that. Um, I had to go through it and see what was even usable. And um, some of the mixes weren't kind of totally done but they were i felt they were good enough so then i went to a grammy winning um mastering engineer who totally ruined
0: everything
1: what? and i was in shock i was in utter no. you know so that was like okay i think we we need to move on here so then i went to this to somebody else um who was recommended and he didn't get it either it was, it sounded okay, but it didn't, it really didn't sound great. And I knew what it could sound like, you know, because I was so familiar with, with the songs, you know, and, and I only had them in bad quality. So, but I could still tell. And then a friend of mine and a sound engineer who I've worked with for probably 20 years now, Steve Honest in London, he said, look, I'll just have a go at it, you know, and, 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 What happens Let's and, see it, what... and it sounds amazing so we then went through probably a month of back and forth each song i would reject five times you know it's it i'm a perfectionist like if there's one little thing i don't like you know i go back and but because we're, we're good friends you know it wasn't an issue you know he would just do it again and i'd be like yeah that's the one you know so um and some he got straight away and some songs we went back and forth five times, you know, and it was that took a while. Um, And that was actually a really good experience because it, it now sounds I don't think it could sound any better. It sounds really great. So
0: but yeah, class, but classic sounding for what it was, you know.
1: Yeah, that. I'm very I'm, I'm really happy with with the Masters then came the next process because Steve doesn't do, you know, when you put the CDs together with all the gaps and the fades and the edits and stuff. So then I went to another mastering studio to do all that and do the vinyl cut as well, which I wanted to, I wanted to be there because I'm like, you know, I wor- we worked on these masters for so long. I do not want the vinyl cut to change anything and I want to be there. So we did all that. And then it went to the pressing plant last week. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And the artwork is done. And, oh, before the mastering, because, um, you know, Electra 101's art, um, artwork and the photography was really, really famous. Um, and the photographer was Luis Molotero. And, you know, he he was so well liked for for this work, you know, and also the group photos, but also the abstract photos that that he took that that were the record covers and and Lewis. I actually tracked him down in New Zealand where he lives, and he he went into his basement archives and actually found all the unreleased uh, Electripe One Hundred One photo negatives.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: So he FedExed them over from um, from New Zealand and then they had to be restored because some of them were damaged and, you know, kind of um, missing or low res and, you know, all this. So I took them to like this really major, major, major professional um, printing place where they worked on those images and so the album and the single all has Lewis's original work and a lot of it not seen before. Um,
0: it's beautiful.
1: But made for the group at the time. So it's a real, it's a real labor of love. It took so much, so much work, you know, So who's
0: releasing this. Is it you and the group or is it a record label that's doing it? I'm
1: putting it out on my, on, on, on my label. Okay. Um, so please but I'm Billy but I'm doing it on behalf of the group um I spoke with Brian from the group about probably a year ago now or, or more and 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 you know got his approval so um and I'm I'm just doing it on behalf of the group um because cuz you know we're not really in contact so I just wanted to be sure they know about it and whoever's around knows about it
0: you know so we can't wish you more than the best and all the success. And we hope that you sell out on all the vinyl and all the physical <laughs> copies and the streams like crazy and, and bring a ton of more work in. Thank you very much. But also you said, mentioned something off camera. You're inundated with a lot of other stuff too. Mm. That's going all at the same time. What lucky fortune has le- landed in your lap? <laughs> well,
1: I'm. Um, I've been, since 2017 i've been preparing to work on four albums you know um i started doing demos i had four ideas for four concepts four albums started doing demos you know kind of dis- and then i didn't really have the money to do them though and take them further and develop the demos and um so I just did bits and pieces where I could, but I did a lot of research and I did a lot of pre-production and, and, you know, and then I think with, with the lockdown, you know, I've been using all these Corona funds that we were, we've we've been getting that we're not supposed to spend on our work for some reason, but I've I've been, I've been using it for, for that. So suddenly I can, I get can them make, funded, uh, get them funded get yeah. Them. So I, I recorded one album already last month. Um, but it's not finished. It needs a bit of work done to it still. Um, and then I was chosen by a funding place in, in Germany for my, the other album, the second one, so now I'm getting money for that, too. So I can do that as well now. Nice. So I'm just, I'm just, and so suddenly I'm on deadlines and I'm freaking out and I'm completely stressed out. Um, and I don't know how to handle it at all. And I don't know how to get it done.
0: But it's a good thing, of course, you know. I guess you'll find a way to get it done. You I know? will. You will find the way. Somehow, somehow. this far, look how far you are now. Yeah. Billy, we can't thank you enough, my dear. Thank you. You are a legend, an icon of the underground and also of the pop world. Weird. (laughs) In a weird way. (laughs) In a very weird and fun way. Mm. Anybody that knows our friend, Billy Ray, she says it as it is. Trust me. She <laughs> tells you when she needs to tell you what you need to know. And she says it with no filter. She does. Because I've dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that like, the filter is no longer there. And she will tell you. And that's if she knows you. Of course, she wouldn't. I guess she wouldn't just do that if she didn't know you. But we can't thank well, <laughs> you. Of course, we want you to keep doing what you do. And you and know you. what? Weird is what you are. And mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, so far- Thank you so much. Thoroughly enjoyed
1: myself today. Thank you, Lenny.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And we hope the greatest for you on the Electribe album and the other two other albums that you yeah you're Pulling your hair out, working on. <laughs> Thanks oh. so much. Oh,
1: can I say something? Because um, that people are like, where can I get the vinyl? Why is the CD not on Bandcamp and stuff? So go to my website. Everything's there. That's all I wanted
0: to Let's say. That right now. Because I had emails like have some banners. Here we go. So here, let's Justin, let's make sure Billy. This is Billy. Follow her. Aha! Uh-huh, very on. professional. Yes, you could thank our associate Manuel, the associate <laughs> Manuel Genzel for handling putting together the banner. Follow Billy Ray Martin on Facebook, Billy Ray Martin Music Instagram at Billy Ray Martin, and there you can. Follow the yellow brick road to gain these albums. Right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lenny.